0: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: We are underway on tech talk on a chilly Saturday here in November. It, it certainly feels like November. We went from early fall to the middle of winter in short order, a couple of flurries out my window, uh, Take care on the roadways. I know we've had some light snow bursts. We we had one on Friday night in parts of the metro area and the roads got slick in a hurry. So take care if you're out and about. And thank you for joining us here on Tech Talk. This show is all about your computer, hardware, software, whatever. Feel free to call the program and the man is Doug Swindhart and by the way we'll have Doug's phone number and email at the end of the program if you want to reach out to him during the week but uh our number on the program is pretty straightforward and it's good for all our programs we call it the city's one plumbing talk and text line and you can call or text our number 651-461-9226 651-461-9226 if you text that comes right into the studio and if you call you'll visit with producer Jonathan Lowe great to have Jonathan on board today and Doug, good to visit with you. I hope you're somewhere warm today.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a good day to stay in the house, actually. So that's uh that's kind of the plan.
1: Yeah, and it is a good day to get something done on the computer. You bet, and I, I was visiting with my dad. He had been traveling with my mom. Uh they they got home, and before they went on this trip, I, I was able to secure a Chromebook, I was able to set up a new Gmail. But for a while, he was worried that he forgot that uh, crucial Gmail password. And I had remembered it. He couldn't remember all of it. And my mom didn't write it down. He didn't write it down. And then he finally got it and, and remembered what it is. But that that's maybe one of the things with, with Gmail. that That main log into your Gmail account, that's a big deal.
2: Absolutely critical. And, and in fact, I'm set up in such a way, Steve, that that's actually the only password I have to remember. But that one, it's critical. I, somewhere along the line, there has to be one login that's your hub. And because I have so much data saved in my Google Workspace, that's the only password that I need to recall. And this actually emphasizes the need to have secure passwords, but passwords that are easy to remember. And whatever you got to do to make that happen, possibly the melody of a song, um, the words, use the first letter of the words, or whatever. Uh, it doesn't make any difference what you have, but that's one that needs to be remembered and should come right off the tip of your fingertips as soon as you touch the keyboard.
1: Yeah, and you, you you want it to be unique. You you want it to be something that you can easily remember, and it, it's funny. Not only did uh, password come up with with my dad who got back to town and was trying to get in his Chromebook and uh, trying to spend a little bit more time with Gmail, and I, I I think that's great that that he's spending time with the Chromebook, spending time with the Gmail, getting comfortable with that, and and uh, moving forward in that realm. I I think it's going to be a good fit over the long haul. But I also uh, ran an errand with my wife, and we got into a discussion. And she uses a particular program to keep track of her passwords. Like you, I lean on Google. I have my main Google login. I have a work account. Actually, I have two work accounts uh, here at CCO. And then my full-time job in the printing business. And then I have my own personal Gmail account. But I'm able to access all of those. When, when I ultimately log into my main uh, Gmail account. And I, I'm i like you. I, I lean on Google to keep track of my passwords and manage my passwords uh, through that particular site. Mm-hmm. But but there are a, a lot of tricks, a lot of ways to manage passwords. But it's important with, with all those sites we interact with, they... You have a system to keep it straight. And putting it on a piece of tape under your keyboard no. isn't a good idea. Uh, but but people need, I, I think in general, help managing passwords.
2: Oh, there's no doubt about it. And the the thing is, as well, is once you come up with a password scheme that is is workable and that you can easily recall, it's really important that you... Always bear in mind that when you come up to these websites that say, well, use your Google account to log in. Use your Mm -hmm. Facebook account or Twitter. I am a Mm -hmm. big proponent and say that is a no, no, no. You keep them separate. That Gmail password or even your Facebook password, whatever you're using, these really should stay completely separate. Just in case something happens to that one account, you're not going to be out the rest of them.
1: Yeah, and there are a lot of programs out there that will help you manage passwords, but mm-hmm. for those of you getting into Gmail for the first time, that that Gmail password is a big big deal and you want to make sure it's a good one. Uh months, dates, symbols, uh substituting symbols for for numbers that are significant that that are known to you. And then I think uh, for for married couple, couples or or you you have a partner, uh, you know, so so they have some of this key information. This has come up on the program before, and you know someone you trust, uh, someone you're married to, once again a partner, et cetera, Maybe even uh, your kids, et cetera, So. So much of our lives are online or, or in these computers or out in the cloud. Having other people in a pinch have access is a big deal as well.
2: Oh, no doubt. And, in fact, every est- every estate lawyer that, that, I, that I know of will actually recommend to people that in your estate papers, in your will, you actually have access to these important places, at least one, where they can go and get a document, if nothing else, that shows their accounts and their yeah. user credentials. It really is important, and as secret as we want to keep them, you are right. They got to be shared within the family, people you trust. At least one, absolutely.
1: Yeah, there, there's no doubt that is a great idea, and you know, at some point in the future, because things have changed so much, and and we we alluded to that point that. So much of people's lives are are online or out in the cloud somewhere. About maybe having an attorney on the program to discuss that, and and how that stuff can be shared and stored and kept with an attorney. So family, if need be. I mean, there's just been numerous horror stories. Oh, yeah. I know uh, former Channel Four uh, television anchor and former WCCO radio personality Pat Miles. Uh, there, there was quite a story about her and mm-hmm. and her husband got into health problems, etc, and how difficult it was for Pat Miles to kind of unwind their financial uh-huh. situation. And I think a lot of that it has to do with, now what? If I need to get into an account or have access to a credit card company or a bank account or whatever, um, it, it can be very, very difficult, and people should plan for that.
2: Oh, absolutely. And as far as password managers go, there are a number of free ones. My favorite is KeePass. It's, it's multi-OS, um, cross-platform, running a Mac, Linux, Windows. It's quick. It's fast. And it even gives, does some real sophisticated things where you could create a thumb drive and put it on your keychain. And when you plug that into the computer, they're just there. I mean, this is a, If you're going to have a, a password manager, and there are a lot of good ones out there, but as I got, I just feel that this free key pass, and I do donate a little bit of money to them. But it, that's as far as managers go. That's the creme de la creme. And again, it's a open source. You can use it, and when you feel it's a value, then pay the developers a little money. Uh, it's really a nice, nice little package. Wonderful. But it's a uh, it's something that I think that really gets overlooked an awful lot. It's kind of like backups, but there are certain things with computers, backing your files up, keeping copies, and making certain that you have access to your logon credentials is crucial. No doubt about it.
1: Yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, if if you do a, a quick search on Pat Miles, you'll see the story in the Star Tribune. And of course, uh, uh, there, there's also a related story to that uh, as well at our website, uh, uh, odyssey.com. And once again, uh, Star Tribune did a piece uh, on Pat Miles and uh, her late husband and and what she went through and all of that. Uh, Quite a story and quite a reminder. 218 here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. When we come back, we'll go to the phone lines. We'll go to the text line here on Tech Talk. And the number, again, on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line, 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. You're on News Talk. e three o w c c o
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
2: You have 47 new voicemails.
0: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Tech Talk continues on a very chilly Saturday. I had a tree taken down and then another guy came over and did the stump grinding, so I had to clean up... uh, the remains of the stump this morning. And, whew, uh, it well, definitely win- winter in the air. Um, it, but uh, I, I got it cleaned up as good as I could. And then I, I finally said, all right, this is good enough till spring. Um, uh, I'll finish this off in April uh, or May for sure. Uh, 223 Tech Talk underway, and the city's one plumbing talk and text line. Always available to you, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. Uh, and let's get started uh, w- with a good one. Uh, why are websites always asking you to accept cookies?
2: You can actually bypass that now. Brave has as just recently um, addressed this issue. And there comes up a little screen says, you want to bypass this? We'll just take care of it, say yes. This is really important because I think far too many people say, well, I don't want to have any cookies at all. And not all cookies are bad. But the fact that they have to ask by law now is a good thing. And I kind of wish that we could get it set in each browser or even in our Google account or someplace where this is what we want all the way through forever. And I think it'll happen eventually. It's part of the technology that's just just coming to, to grips with how important these things are and what to do with them. Um, I always take the, uh, the, the hardware accelerators because that's that's a big thing. I, I allow the cookies that that maintain my settings for my hardware or my login and stuff like that. But marketing and targeting, I, I just opt out of all those. So yeah, be aware that you can adjust those and you really should. Take your time and learn about that stuff and just do it. Get it set up to where you're comfortable and we can all move forward. But not all cookies are bad. And I think you're going to hinder your internet speed and your stability of your computer by shutting them all off. But it's um it's a good thing that people are becoming more aware of these.
1: Yeah, and there, there's some things you can't do on websites if you don't accept cookies where you're, you're, you're just kind of locked down. So in, in some cases they're they're mandatory to be able to accept uh, cookies to be able to operate on certain
2: websites. This is true. Um, you know, that has a lot to do with security, it, not only of their side, but your side as well. So if you see that and you have to make that determination, you can always opt out and see if you can find what you're looking for at a different website. Chances are you're not going to, but it's possible. Um, but it's uh, it's more of the complexity as we move forward but it's getting a lot better than it used to be. So, I'm confident that it's going to come out really really well in another 6 months to a year.
1: All right, um here here's a pretty good text we can get into. Um, from the text line, I recall that on an earlier show you said Windows Security would fight with Provisor for control of your Windows system. Um is that necessarily true? And let's let's maybe sort that out because maybe someone heard something wrong. Provisor as we've described it is generally a housekeeping tool, if you will.
2: Exactly. Yeah, that's not gonna have any bearing on your antivirus. Now if you've got multiple antivirus programs yes. or multiple malware, then yes, but no, I, I haven't had any issues at all with provisor not being accepted by by an antivirus program. No, that's um no no that's uh, that's a new one. I think that one was just misunderstood, Steve.
1: Okay, so Windows Defender. Say, for instance, Windows Defender uh, on, on your Windows machine is uh, your virus protection of choice. A uh, provisor, as described, and, and once again, I'll spell it out real slowly here for people P R I V A Z E R. As described, a uh, free PC cleaner and privacy tool. Uh, it, it, like I say, housekeeping. A computer cleanup is really what it's doing, isn't it?
2: Well, you know, if if C-Cleaner if, uh, was a police officer, <clears throat> Provisor would be a superhero. It's just C-Cleaner on steroids. It just goes so much deeper, especially with Windows 10 and now, of course, with 11. And they're already writing it for 12 when it comes out a year or two down the road. So they're on top of things. Uh, It's it's just a great, great program. I think people should download it and learn how to use it, get it configured properly, and it's getting easier to do because now they've got the little add-on screens. And if you don't know exactly what you're setting, you can go ahead and accept the defaults, but do yourself a favor and jump on Google and do a search and find out what they're talking about. You'll real, real quickly, in a short order, you'll start to gain a graphical picture in your mind of just exactly how the, the Windows works and how your computer works, and just a little bit by a little bit, day after day, just run a couple searches. It's amazing how fast you can, amaze, you can amass this information that's necessary to be a good user. And that's a, that's a great program. I can't say enough good things about Purviser.
1: Yeah, so uh, it, it is a key, but it won't, it won't generally do a tug-of-war with whatever security right. you have. Now, back to the security question. This comes up all the time. Um, if, if you're running a Windows machine, uh, Doug, what do you recommend? Let's make it simple. What do you recommend as, as, as far as uh, antivirus, et cetera?
2: Well, I like to keep with doing business with companies that are U.S. companies. So I'm going to automatically go with Malwarebytes because they've been in business a long time, and they're great people to work with. Or I would go with um, uh, Enod32, ESET, and both of them are U.S. companies. They do fantastic work. Now, Enot 32 ESET, is a little bit more expensive, a little bit classier program. Uh, they both will do a tremendous, tremendous job for you, and I highly recommend those, especially if you're running Windows Home. If you've got Windows Pro, you've got some extra, some extra latitude and some things that you can do that might not be quite so necessary as to, as to have it all locked up. One thing I would say is once you buy an antivirus, anti-malware package... Almost all these companies are going to want to sell you another program a couple weeks down the road and another one a couple weeks after that. Just keep in mind when they give you a call or shoot you an email that, well, if it was good enough two weeks ago, it should be good enough today. A lot of these I just don't think are necessary. I think they're going to actually bog down your system. And they're there to make a living and it's a tough, tough racket these days. But nonetheless, I think once you get a base system for any virus and any malware that protects your browsers especially... You should be
1: good to go. All right. Very good. 2.29. Time for a break. We'll get you up to date on the weather. And then still plenty of time for you to call or text the program today on the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. 651-461-9226. If you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, feel free to get a hold of us. One to scan 651-461-9226 here on News Talk, E3OWCCO.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: 236, 24 minutes, down front of 3 o'clock here at News Talk 830 WCCO. And Doug Swinhart is in. We call the program Tech Talk. And by all the by all means, give us a call, send us a text. On the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. And we're going to stay on the text line. Um, I don't print often. My cartridges dry out before they're empty. Can I install cartridges as I need to print and somehow store the cartridges so they don't
2: dry out? I know that some people have attempted to do this and been successful. They take them out and they seal them up in a in a in a Ziploc bag and they claim that it helps. I haven't had too many printer problems I always went with like a HP laser which you know the laser printers that those toner cartridges they're a little bit more expensive cuz you're using toner but they don't do that. So it's a uh, and I think that this issue is quickly coming to an end. The printers that are just so consumable intensive, I think they're going to be going by the way of the dodo real quick. Most manufacturers are addressing this, and they're charging a little bit more money for the printers, which they should do, of course. Got to stay there so they're there when they, we need them in a year or two. But um, I, I just think that you can do things. The one bad thing with toner cartridges, I, I have to recommend that you always buy from the manufacturer. Some of these manufacturers actually have oils in them. And they, you bring your printer right to a stop. People say that they can repack them, and you can with certain toners. But it's um, if you don't know for absolutely certain, pay a little bit extra and buy what comes from the manufacturer, what they recommend, yep. exactly the model order. So yeah, just kind of use common sense is all all we got. So go that route; you'll be much better off.
1: Yeah, one one of the other things that that we've done over the years and in, in the printing business, particularly out in the letter shop, uh, high-speed inkjetters literally are that. They're inkjet printers that work at high speeds, and they send typically black ink uh, through a cartridge that is not all that unlike uh, a cartridge you would put in an inkjet printer at home. Mm. And sometimes when those get dirty or if they've been sitting for a little time, you want to use a lint-free cloth and uh, typically uh, clean water, uh, distilled water is ideal, and very lightly wipe those heads. Very lightly, and and distilled water is recommended. Alcohol is generally a little bit too harsh. You can clean them up, but but take care. And lint-free cloths are are available. Um, but you you just don't want to use like a paper towel and and scrub it real hard. That that is certainly bad news. But but there are tutorials online on how you can. Clean those up. Um, I also think, though, uh, with, with a printer, it, it, it's like a car. People put cars in storage and then expect them to be able to pull them out of storage and run them. No, exactly. you, you, it, it just doesn't work that way. They, these, these machines are designed to be operated and, and not sit for long periods of time. So if you're going without weeks or going for, for weeks without printing something, that, that's part of the problem.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Mentioned the, the lint-free cloths. A little trick we learned years ago when we were cleaning monitors, too. Grab a coffee filter. They're they they they're perfect. Absolutely perfect. Oh, wow. You, yeah, they just work just wonderful.
1: Yeah, so so re- cleaning really any electronic equipment like uh, monitor screens, et cetera, tread very lightly. Uh, and then you get to print heads and all of that sort of stuff. Be real careful. Uh, there, there's a lot of YouTube tutorials. There's a lot of good ones out there uh, that that will help you through that. But once again, if you're only printing once in a blue moon, you know, do you really need a printer? Is, oh, exactly. You yeah. know,
2: especially now that we've got so many of them around town. I mean, you can take your print and, and actually email it to, to FedEx or UPS. And I know there's a couple other new services that I yep. can't recall off the top of my head. So it's it's there. I mean, you, You've got things available here.
1: Yeah, there, there, there are certainly options if you ultimately need something printed out. Um, look, this came up earlier in the program. Uh, when, when someone passes away about sharing passwords and access to uh, online accounts, etc., this this is a good question, and I think it could be brought up with an estate attorney as well. Ultimately, what is done with an email account for someone who has passed away? I know it probably needs to be open for a period of time, but then eventually,
2: what do you do? Oh, you close them up.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, the, uh,
2: the administrator of your estate will have access to, well, almost everything to make sure your credit cards get paid and any accounts that you have get distributed into the into your what you're leaving to your loved ones. Uh, it's uh, quite a process. It truly is. And it's important that somebody is named as an administrator uh, just so you have access. Uh, you probably keep that email account open six months to a year depending upon the complexity of the of the deceased business that they had. But once it's done, yeah, I'd close it up unless somebody else wants it and takes o- takes it over. But then at that point, I think that the administrator of the estate really should be responsible for taking out all of the other past emails. Download them as a POP3 and archive them in a file. You might need them someday, but I doubt it. And go from there. But, yeah, it's um, it's whatever you really want to do. It's up to the administrator at that point.
1: Yeah, and it it is one of those where if you sit down with an attorney and a state attorney, they can walk you through all of this. Uh, Obviously, this has become a big, big issue, and being able to access... Uh, one's online accounts. Um, this this is a really interesting one. I have a Western Digital backup system. That, that's a familiar name, good name. Uh, when I back up, I have a couple of files that fail. Why would they be failing, and how do I fix that?
2: Uh, they're probably not important. I, if you're doing a full system backup with the software that came with your external Western Digital, it's going to try to take every file. Not every file you're gonna want. Uh, say, for example, your paging file, which is a just a great big piece of your disk, a well, pretty substantial part of your disk drive, where is used for caching, and if you happen to run out of memory, that's where your virtual memory goes in your paging file. There's no reason to save that. Uh, you can get the names of the files and run a search in, uh, in Google if you like, but I don't think that's a big issue. In fact, if you're using that type of software, I suggest that you get familiar with that software to the point to where you're actually drilling down and taking strictly, strictly data. Your folders for your documents and your spreadsheets, your music, your photographs, and that kind of thing. I wouldn't take the whole system. Microsoft, Windows, the operating systems are changing three months. Now they're talking about going to six. There's really never going to be a need, I don't think, for you to ever keep that operating system. Is you once you get your computer back up and running, if you happen to have a major crash, the big thing that to take care of is that data. And they all let you drill down and be more specific. And I think that it's just too easy to just say, "Yep, yeah, go ahead and do the whole thing." And it's not. It's not good practice. Um, use your common sense again and just be conservative. Even though these hard drives are cheap, there's no sense burning them up on things you're never going to use. That's my opinion anyway, and I hope that helps.
1: Tech Talk with Doug continues here at News Talk, e wcco Coming up around the corner following the break on the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. Uh, this is another good one. When I switch email providers, how do I move over my existing email? We'll get Doug's thoughts on that in the easy way. We'll talk about a Dell laptop that is running slow. Uh, we'll get into a Mac uh, that's causing problems, which is generally pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we'll, we'll, have, uh, we'll spell out provisor for you one more time before we say goodbye as well here on Tech Talk. And there's still time to send a quick text or call the program, 651-461-9226, here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. Tech Talk rolling along here on a Saturday final segment. Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line has been busy indeed, particularly on the tech side today. Uh, 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. From your text line, uh, people want a Provisor spelled again. Uh, I'll do it slowly again. P, R, I. V-A-Z-E-R. Hopefully you got that. If if I have time, I'll throw it out there one more time. Another one from our text line. Uh, and th- this is really a, a good one. Um, if I switch email providers, how do I transfer my existing emails? And how will others know mm-hmm. that I have a new email? email address
2: oh good good text Uh, first of all you don't want to shut down the the, your original your initial email until you've got everything going in the right direction and here again if you're running your email in imap it's going to be a piece of cake you're just going to go to the first email that you have and you're going to forward it to the new email address and in addition to that you're gonna actually do it as a POP3. So it takes those messages off of the old server and brings them over into your new cloud server. In addition, I always have people in their signature, just automatically put for their signature that they're changing emails and this is the date that it started, this is the date that it will end. Please update your contact information. And I have that, my folks, I, I recommend run it at least three months, maybe six that people just don't always might not want to contact you all the time. And worst thing in the world is if they're trying to email you and they just get a bounce. But, and in addition to that, if you've got something set up that's like, like Gmail, for example, you can send the entire group an email, all of your contacts all at once with one email, uh, alerting them to the fact that you are planning on getting a new email address and this is the date that you're going to do it, and blah, blah, blah. And But don't get too carried away. I wouldn't send them one every day. Uh, but maybe once, twice over a period of a month, and then with your signature, just let the other one ride out. Yeah, it's a good idea that people are thinking about this. I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody shut down their Internet service account. Not so much recently, but in the past. And, oh, now all their emails are gone. Most Internet service providers will keep those on file for at least six months, but not all, and you can't rely on that. Your data, your responsibility. Just got to take care of it. That was a great, great text.
1: Yeah, and it it, it should be pretty painless uh, to to make that transition over there. Uh, but, but once again, you just don't want to go cold turkey on the old account. Keep it open. Let people know. So so when they do send you something, something uh, bounces back, uh, and. Like I see, when you move over to Gmail, generally you can pick up that old account and segue it in, and then at some point down the road uh, put it in mothballs or or get rid of it uh, altogether, indeed. Uh, Here's one about a Dell. I have a Dell laptop that's running very slow. I believe a solid-state hard drive might be a fix. Um, Tell me more about that. Is it something an individual can do, or would you recommend... Having
2: a pro do it. I think it's absolutely crucial that people start to take care of their own machines, and I think it's a good idea. If you can go to Dell and download a service manual, which I can almost guarantee that you can, with the Dell, it's actually going to be a little bit easier. You can use your service tag, it's an eight digit number, and go to their support page, and they'll go right straight to your machine, show you the drivers that you require for Windows anyway, and get a service manual. From that point, you can just go to the page, change the hard drive, pick up a hard drive. Nearly every solid-state drive today will allow you to download mirroring software, and it works good. And don't start taking your computer apart until you determine which hard drive you want and what mirroring software you're going to use. And you'll probably have to buy another little piece of equipment that will allow you to keep your internal hard drive as an external And you'll first put the new hard drive in your external case and you'll mirror the drive and you'll shut it down. Just use the service manual step by step. Not difficult at all in most cases. Just don't over tighten screws. If you're not coming apart properly, take your time. You don't want to damage it. Laptops, you can bend the cases and lose screws pretty easy. Take your time and never, never force. You'll get this thing put together in no time at all. When you boot it up, You may have to go into your BIOS to change the the manufacturer, but that should be automatic also. Plug and play is really, really working well, even before Windows boots or any operating system boots. So it, it should be straightforward. And again, if you have problems, there's plenty of people out that will help you change the drive. That's not a big issue anymore. It's a great text to get, and I hope that helps.
1: All right, good deal. Uh, a couple of minutes remaining on the program. Here's something about a Mac. I have a MacBook Pro 2015. I keep getting a repeating DEP notice I can't get rid of. I've confirmed it's still not enrolled with the company or originally had it. The Mac has nothing showing up in profiles either. It's annoying not being able to turn the notifications off. Can you
2: help? I think this is a prime job for um, um, Onyx, O-N-Y-X. It's an open source program for the Mac, and I'm quite certain that we'll clean that and take care of it, and it will give you much greater control over how your Mac is running. Make absolutely certain that you know the exact version of your, of your operating system, and go to Onyx. Just go to Google and type in Onyx for the Mac, O-N-Y-X for the Mac. And it'll take you right to Titanium Software and find the right software, download it, installs just like a normal program you'd get from, from, the, from Apple. And once you get that, any questions you have, just run a quick search or shoot support at Titanium Software on email, and they are very helpful. Right. Here again, it's open source software, so okay. don't be afraid to donate once it does its job.
1: All right, we got to run. We're out of time. Doug, your phone number and email real quick.
2: Thank you, 651-552-9543, and admin at WCCOTech.com, A-D-M-I-N, at dot Thank you, Steve.
1: All right, Doug, uh, have a good week, and once again, you can reach Doug uh, during the week, and we'll visit again uh, Saturday sports schedules permitting between 2 and 3 o'clock here on CCO.